0: Welcome to part 2 of my analysis of the music of Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. I'll be focusing on the first two-thirds of the Plant chapter. I have already analysed the music from the Tanker chapter, which is in part 1. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, head back before listening to this one and more context will be provided. If you have already listened to part 1, fantastic! Before we get to the analysis though, I want to provide some context and why the beginning of this chapter started a turning point in the franchise. Mild spoilers ahead. The planned Chapter takes place two years after the events of the Tanker Chapter, Set in an offshore cleanup facility that was designed to clean up the oil spill from the tanker's sabotage and subsequent sinking. This facility ended up being dubbed the Big Shell. James Johnson, the President of the United States, was in the middle of a visit to the facility when it was taken over by Olga Golukovich's private army, captained by an elite group of former special forces titled Dead Cell. They have taken the staff and the President hostage. Demanding a ransom of... 30 Billion Dollars? Something seems off about that. Anyway, the terrorists call themselves... The Sons of Liberty. And the leader is... Solid Snake? Nah, that can't be right. I'm sure we'll get to the bottom of that later. But let's get back to the introductions. A rookie soldier with the code name Snake... Who prepared for the mission by experiencing Shadow Moses in VR training has been tasked with infiltrating the big shell, safeguarding the hostages, and eliminating the terrorists. But before the mission even begins, Snake has had his codename changed as a precaution. No, this operative is not the Snake we know. He has been officially designated as Raiden. This is what was hidden from the initial marketing campaign for the game. Snake is missing, presumed dead. Raiden is your primary protagonist, much to the surprise of everyone who has followed the franchise from the beginning. I personally didn't find it that surprising. This was the first game in the franchise I played, after all. Having said that, I believe I have given enough detail to provide context with the music and its eerie undertones. Let's follow the same pathway as part one and listen to the first piece of music you hear when you initially gain control of Raiden. This is Sediment Pool. The slow takeover of electronic instruments, with the odd real instrument making its presence known, is already taking effect here. There's also this saxophone motif that appears throughout the soundtrack. This is the first time we hear it. It's obscure at first, but it does get more obvious as the game goes on. If anything, the music is trying to tell the player that something is wrong. Maybe there is more to the name Big Shell than meets the eye. But of course, you're bound to get spotted in a mission like this, especially when it's your first in Raiden's case. Who remembers Tanker Alert from the Tanker chapter? Yes, the Plant chapter has its own version, aptly named Big Shell Alert. I definitely prefer Big Shell Alerts over Tanker Alert. I believe the intensity that is felt during the initial scenario of being spotted before having reinforcements called on you is more prevalent. Constantly progressive strings, with brass providing the attack. This ensemble perfectly personifies the rush to make yourself invisible again. Everything is happening so fast around you, you're bound to mess up. When you do, you'll hear the Plant Chapter's version of Tanker Incident. In this case, we have Battle of the Big Shell. Again, the original track is all the different phases put together to make one coherent track. Just like last time, I've spliced the phases apart in the same way you'd hear them in-game, for the sake of clarity. Let's start with the alert phase. Already, this is very percussion heavy. That saxophone motif is back as well. The strings and the brass don't really play in any sort of sequence and their musical vocabulary just consists of accented quavers. No real order, but still keeps the harmony and cadences intact. So in other words, constantly thinking on your toes and trying to outsmart your enemy, but still thinking back to basic training. That does make sense if you think about it. Raiden only has his VR training and his muscle memory to fall back on. The percussion is still very rapid and dominant in the evasion phase, but not as heavy. Also, instead of accented, loud quavers, we now have quiet semi-breathes. Just like Tanker Incident, it is like you are hiding while the enemy is rampantly trying to figure out your location. Think of the percussion as the footsteps of soldiers going up and down, and the chords as your steady breath while you try not to draw attention to yourself. Again, basic training and instincts coming to play here a lot. The caution phase is a very nice balance of the two opposites, because, let's face it, That's exactly what the caution phase is. Not quite normal, but not quite alert either. Everything else that I want to say about this phase is basically a reflection of what I've said about this phase of tanker incident. And I don't want to sound like a broken record. Everything I've said in that episode definitely applies here as well. Thinking back to the instrumentation of the Plant Chapter soundtrack so far, can we get any more techno than that? It turns out, the answer is yes. Yes, you can. As proof, we're going to have a listen at the boss theme that's played for the majority of the Plant Chapter. Yell. Dead. Cell." As mentioned earlier, Dead Cell is the elite unit that are commanding the terrorist operation, and this is what is played whenever Raiden encounters someone from that unit. Occasional saxophone screeching can be heard throughout the piece, I don't want to give away the significance of the saxophone just yet or at least my interpretation of its significance as it has deep ties to the story. But this is where it is at its most prevalent. Every time Raiden faces off against a member of Dead Cell, the odds are never in his favour. Just like Snake fighting a Foxhound member in Shadow Moses, Raiden needs to trust his instincts to go with his gut. If he's going to come back from any of his fights alive. If I didn't know any better, I'd end the episode here and start getting ready for part three. But there is one more piece I need to talk about. I believe this to be the musical turning point for when the true story of Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty starts to develop. This is Twilight Sniping. This is played while Raiden is escorting a key character to the Big Shell's computer room. The environment outside has suddenly changed into a sunset landscape while Raiden spends a significant amount of time indoors. The only organic instrument I can hear is the saxophone motif. It's like a veil has been lifted from Raiden's eyes. He is starting to see the bigger picture and how that might affect him personally. But that's just one philosophical perspective. A more Literal description of the effectiveness of this piece is a typical picture of a sunset over the ocean. The glistening of the water, the visual calmness of the orange tone that the sun typically shines out. It's ironic that a view so beautiful is layered by a scenario so dangerous and fatal. I honestly can't play you anymore without making this episode way too long for my liking. So before I talk about themes that are heavily connected with the story, part 3 of my analysis of Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty will be titled, Arsenal. To be continued.